This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! This is Love of the Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast live on Terrestrial Radio here on 105.3 The Fan. How about that? Isn't this special? What did we do to deserve this one? Did we just, uh, did they feel like Uh, we were were having a little bit of a good run right now on this thing and... I, hey, hey, let's throw on Sunday, see how, see how it sounds. Yeah, I think that that's partially it. I think also, um, you know, it, it was probably something related to, uh, I've been getting a little mouthy on the air recently. Oh, and they were like, you? Yeah, and they were yeah. like, let's throw him on on Sunday. Let's let, let's have him pick up a Sunday shift and, and see if <laughs> how mouthy he wants to get well, after that. It, but So you did that. By doing this, though, you brought me into the picture, too. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. tied together. That was the hope, is that I, I think they, they were hoping that uh, through this process, you would then be so angry at me yeah. that you would uh, take it out on me physically. And, nah, uh, man. Then, no, actually, we're really excited to, no, to jump all with you guys excited here. super about, yeah. Uh, and this will be simulcast as our podcast this week, the Love of the Star podcast. So uh, you guys, when you're listening to this uh, on Monday or or Thursday, depending on which show you're listening to, um, you guys will be hearing this. This is something that we're recording live here on Saturday on 105 Through the Fan. Uh, and also on the Twitch stream and the YouTube, you guys can uh, send us texts today uh, for this draft coverage. 877-881-1053-877-881-1053. I just feel wrong not going through the normal Love of the Star intro, though, so we're, i got to do that sl- really quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys Insider for 105 Through the Fan. Uh, joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he is also the pre- and post-game co-host of the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network and... He is the uh, the godfather of the draft show on DallasCowboys.com. And I have to do it uh, back towards you because yes. you do. So, yes, that, that's the voice of Bobby Belt, who is on the Sean and RJ and Bobby show, 530 to 10 every day, Monday through Friday there. Uh, Bobby also is the uh, Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan. He also is the, the uh, host for, this, uh, for these podcasts that we do. And yes. he's also... A member of the draft show. So as you can see, Bobby and I do a lot of things around here. And uh, But super excited beyond uh, doing this, Bobby. Super excited, though, for the folks. And I just want to say real quick before we get in. I mean, we've got a two-hour show today. Yep. And so I just want to say thank you to all the folks, guys and gals, all you that, that listen to The Love of the Star. 
when Bobby and I started the love of the star, you know, with the Odyssey and, you know, everything like that with uh, with our station, they, they were all saying, hey, well, the various teams are going to have these podcasts and stuff and really some really neat, creative names for their these podcasts. And we got the love of the star. But the fact that you folks out there listen religiously to these podcasts yes. that we do really, really appreciate it and can't thank you guys enough. And so. Like I said, I'm super excited that we get to do a little live radio today and and kind of bring a little bit more of a flavor of what we do with the love of the star here today. Absolutely. And the biggest question right now, Brian, is related to what the Cowboys are going to do at 26. Uh, We're we're getting, you know, awfully close here to draft day. What we're mm, about 10 days out now at this point, 10, 11 days. Yep. I'm as, saying yeah, but it's I know it's on a Thursday, it's, so yeah, it's, it's somewhere yeah, rather. Yeah. Uh, as we approach this day, as you assess what the Cowboys are looking at, what they're going to do right now, if I said Brian Broadus, you get your pick. You you get to say somebody that you generally think will be there. Obviously, like you know, Will Anderson would be great to have here, or a Peter Skaronsky, or somebody like that. Yeah. But uh, if you were, if I were to say somebody who you think could be in the range at 26, who is the perfect player? to Cowboys match that you would put on the Dallas Cowboys? The I've, This is the closest. Usually I feel like I have a really good handle on who they're going to take. I remember, you know, uh, Leighton Vanderesh. I kind of had that vibe. 30 visits were going on. Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill. You had that vibe that things were going on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I, and, and I keep telling people that ask me on Twitter, they're like, well, hey, who do you take? I think I can narrow it down to the positions, you know? And, and I, I, I think on a Love of the Star podcast, uh, you and I had this discussion. If we could figure out who the number one guard is on their board, yep. I think that will help us a lot. I think if we could figure out who their number one tight end is on their board, I think that will help us a lot. I think the wild card positions are what happens at running back if the Bijan Robinson from Texas makes that slide. If you're a Bijan Robinson fan, you're going to have to walk a minefield to get yep. him to 26. So I think realistically you're looking at either a tight end or one of these guards. And, well, you know, and so, you know, I, I, I got in a discussion on Twitter with some folks yesterday about who the best tight ends were. Who Who do you have, you know, uh, Mayor, or you know, or is it Kincaid? You know, or and I know I'm seeing a lot of a lot of love for Washington. Yeah, so there, I wonder. There's, there's, I wonder, there's, there's, and, that, and he's the tight end from Georgia. And I wonder if the love for Washington is because people are feeling like that the Cowboys need a tight end, mm-hmm. but Mayor and Kincaid are gone, and Dallas is going to go ahead and take maybe the third best tight end in the draft it's funny uh you mentioning that there that uh you know darnell washington has started to get a lot of love the uh offensive tackle in reality from georgia i think brian uh he he plays tight end but that that man's going to be a jason peters tackle conversion i'm convinced uh i thought i mean you know when you you say that and when i was watching him on tape i was thinking this will be our my well i i saw jason peters play tight end at arkansas and then when they moved him to tackle, I'm like, man, what a brilliant move that was. He did was. not look like like no. even, When you watch his Arkansas no. tape, you go, that no. guy was playing tight end? No, 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 no. So I, I'm just, this this very well could be the, like you're saying, the conversion. But I know watching Stetson Bennett 
you know, you get down to the point where I was watching these some of these quarterbacks, yep. these late quarterbacks, and then you're walk, watching Washington play, and every pass in the red zone seems to go his direction. It seemed like it was a touchdown every time they threw him the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm going, man, this guy does have some ability down there. When you look at bookies.com, our, our friend Pat Doney at NBC5 had tweeted out bookies.com uh, last night from bookies.com, tweeted out the odds. I'd like to work for bookies.com. <laughs> your, your your son eventually wants to work uh, for bookies.com, yeah, right? Yeah, you're going to graduate from Texas in three years and go be a bookmaker <laughs> is what he's going to do. So at bookies.com, we have the top four odds for the Cowboys pick at 26. So I'm going to go four to one. So we'll, we'll go the, four the fourth best odds. Four, okay, fourth to the right. first. Okay. Fourth best odds at plus 550, Texas running back Bijan Robinson. There you go. And I know you have been a big fan of his. I'm obviously a big fan. Everybody yeah. always gives me crap because I'm 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 a I'm Longhorns faithful. Sure. And and you know it's it's probably the same crap you get for for the LSU love. Yeah. Uh, although I didn't actually go to the school, I'm a t-shirt Texas fan. Uh, but when you look at Bijan Robinson, what do you see? I'll tell you what, Bobby, this was one of those. I started on this journey with these players the first of December. Mm-hmm. You know, December one had a list. You know, Dame Brugler provided me a list. I said, "Hey, I need I need one hundred players. Give me one hundred guys to start with." And Bijan Robinson was the third or fourth guy that I looked at on you know that week of December first. And then when as we have gone through this journey, and I'm well over two hundred players now. I got one more week wow. of of. Uh, doing this I, I, no I usually stop at 190 <laughs> and I just kept going and going and going Couldn't and stop yourself could, yeah so I'll, I'll get this thing and I'll put my board out there you know I'll put my uh, I'll put all my guys I'll stack them for you. you you'll see what I've got I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run away from this sure Bijan Robinson's the third best player on my board and and I I, I just don't know is he only third best because of the position like no, if you just stripped no, no, away position, no, no. would you think he's I, naturally I, I the best? Think, I think Carter and Young. I think Carter at Georgia. I think he yeah, for all the Jalen th- Carter defensive tackle Georgia. All the things that he's going through right now. I you know what I had I had uh, I had uh, I was on a show the other day and uh, on uh, I, and they were asking me about Carter and I, they said if you were in the top ten what would you do? And I said the first thing I'd do is I would send my security my security reps <laughs> yeah. down to Athens Georgia. I'd hire a private investigator. I would, you know, I would follow him for a week. I would do everything I can to learn as much as I can about the player because I'm I'm about to spend, you know, millions and millions of dollars on this player. And I want to know if if he's there, can I draft him? I, I we did the same thing with uh with uh Randy Moss when I was in Philadelphia. You know, Jeff Lurie, the owner there, was he was super cool about that. I'm like, Mr. Early, we're gonna about uh we're going to need about uh, 25 grand for private investigators. <laughs> and he goes, really? I wish I would have known you back in the day. No, my, my, uh, my grandfather worked in the uh, sheriff's office oh, there sheriff in West office? Virginia. Yeah. Said Randy used to come in all the time. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we did a lot of work on Randy. We did a lot of work on Trey Thomas. We picked, but I think that's what I was doing. If, but Carter to me, when you watch the, you know, when you, he could be a dominant player and I love Bryce young. I, I think that Bryce young at, uh, at Alabama, the quarterback, would be my second guy. I, and this is hard for me because I come from an era where these short quarterbacks. But you got to give this guy his due. You got to give you. You know he is such a calm player, and he's played in so many huge games. He played in a pro system with Bill O'Brien. There, you know, we've seen shorter quarterbacks have some success. I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield maybe not so much, 
but we've seen guys have success in the league even with the mobility and ways to play. So, and then B. John Robinson. I and I made the early statement. I've seen traits. I was with the Packers when we played against Barry Sanders. Yep. I've seen Barry Sanders traits with B. John Robinson when it comes to carrying the ball. Yeah, I think where you see the because I know uh, Sean Sharif, our our teammate here at one hundred five through the fan. Did uh, he watch tape? He's I, I think he when, would, when, when he, he when he watches he watches he'll watch the B. John highlights. Yeah. And what he says is he's like when you guys say Barry Sanders, I expect to see the shiftiness. It's like I think where you see Barry Sanders is that that contact bounce that ability to yeah. wiggle through the hole yeah. the the ability i mean there are times where when you see what's blocked up for him there's he has no business getting nine ten yards like he none, does none where you're like anybody else getting that's getting two but he's just he he identifies the opening so quickly and is able the, to cut and hit it and, and maintain his balance yeah. it's just he's a really special player well, that's the thing and, and the ability to finish from anywhere on the on the field i i'm the same way barry, barry complete S- running back barry, too. yeah barry sanders was a I, I could tell you games we played against him in green bay and he was he was gain of two gain of five gain of two minus three 83 yards. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how the runs went for him. And, and that 83 yards was one where you felt like yeah, he should have been minus back, four. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's not me. I just love the player. I love the, and, and I, I'll tell you, I love Gibbs. I love Gibbs from Alabama too. Give me these guys in this day and age that can run, make people miss, block when they have to and catch the football and be a weapon that way. You got two backs that can do that in this draft that way. Third best odds at plus 500, Denton Ryan product, Drew Sanders, Arkansas linebacker, which actually here on the YouTube chat, I see here, uh, Ultra Cowboy says, Drew Sanders will be the pick at 26. Can't go into the season with two starting linebackers with neck issues. He thinks that uh, Drew Sanders is the perfect Dan Quinn weapon. And Brian, I know that you've not been as big a fan of Drew Sanders. Um, I I think you think he's a good player, but uh, you, you still have some questions there. I do. Actually, I have Drew Sanders in the second round. I have him if he, on my stack. He's player number twenty-eight. Which, which it's, and, it's right in the range. When you're picking twenty-six, you're like you're picking right a second-round player. Right, exactly. I, I've got twenty for uh, twenty first-round grades. Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU, mm-hmm. is my last player in the first round. So if you said, Brian, give me your first player. It's Carter from Georgia. Give me your last player. It's Johnston. From and how many first-round grades is it? 20. 20. And yeah. last year, I think you only had like 13, 14. I had 15 last Ugh. year. It, it, was, was it, it was a thin year last year. Yeah, So, but that's that's where we're at right now. And, you know, I understand, uh, you know, from the uh, the fan there about, the, about Sanders. I get it. The one thing that you see with Sanders is you do see pass rush ability there. You, oh, yeah. You, you see it. I mean, you, like, you know, everyone was like going, well, I know one thing when I watched uh, Michael Parsons tape, I did not see Michael. I saw Michael Parsons as a blitzer, but I didn't see, hey, put Michael Parsons on the edge. In Drew Sanders, you see that. This is a draft where there's some of those linebackers where you actually see that pass rush ability there. Is he a, uh, would you think comp wise, similarities to the player that Van Der Esch was coming out only with a little bit better pass rush ability. Yeah. I felt like that Van Der Esch was the, the biggest difference to me was the pass rush ability. That's why I Sanders th- Sanders is a better pass rusher. I think yeah. Van Der Esch was better in coverage coming out. That Van Der Esch was really good in coverage and Van Der Esch was really good at when it came to play in like downhill and Drew Sanders has got some downhill. And when I mean downhill, it's like filling the gaps, bouncing the outside, not, not being blocked and all that. 
Van Der Esch played very well on the move at Boise. Sanders is similar. See, to that's that. the thing. And you remember one of the criticisms about Van Der Esch coming out was his ability to disengage, get off blocks, that, the, that, was, that people felt like yeah. he, he didn't do that. I feel like Sanders does a better job of that. But the thing with Sanders is I feel like he's just not going to let you get your hands on you as easily. Right. Is the thing is that he's just going to dip blocks. Uh, the two best odds, Brian, both tight ends. Darnell Washington, who we just mentioned, Georgia tight end at plus 450, and then at plus 425, Dalton Kincaid, Utah tight end. Like you said, uh, if we can figure out these tight ends, if we can figure out these guards, which interesting that there's not a guard in this top four, Vegas might be missing something there. Um, But if you can figure out the top tight ends, you might have a good feel as to what they're going to do. And I think there's a pretty decent chance Dalton Kincaid would be their top tight end. Yeah, there's people that will, you know, have discussions with me on Twitter once again. And I, I, I you know, I enjoy the back and forth. I don't have a problem with that at all. I, Mayer is from Notre Dame is number 18 on my board. Uh, Kincaid is number 22 on my board. Washington is 37 on my board. So, you know, to me, if you, the, the two top ones would be, would be Mayer and Kincaid. I have now, Washington in the fourth round. Do you really? Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. He's a tackle to me. Yeah, like, like I, I mean, I, I, I and I, I, recognize- I, I, I think I got to, I got to admit, not a think. I know I have thirty-seven just because. I, I will tell you this though, Bobby, he is not a, as clean of a blocker that you would you would think at a man that's six seven two sixty. I also is. think the I also think he tested like a better athlete than his tape looked like. Yeah. And and I mean he's he, the, for for his size. I mean he's he what is he six seven two sixty four. He ran yeah. four six four. Yeah, the broad jump was ten. He he had a uh, he well, had twenty one bench reps with thirty four and a half inch arms. The twenty yard shuttle, which is lateral four oh eight four. Yeah, that's that's like when you start getting. But he under, doesn't look like that on tape. It's amazing though. It really really is. I I like I said I was I was super super impressed by him. You know. Uh, in the in that like in that red zone area though, that's where I thought he could really really cause some problems. And he works the middle of the field, I think, pretty well. They've got a tight end at Georgia though that is uh, that will be will be a top probably a top ten pick uh, next year. The ba- uh, Bowers, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Bowers will probably be a top ten pick. He'll be Brock the, Bowers, yeah. yeah, Brock Bowers will be a top ten pick next year. You are listening to us here on the Love of the Star live here on 105 Through the Fan, or you may be listening to us on the Love of the Star podcast, but we're recording this live here on Sunday, uh, April 16th, talking about draft. Let's figure out these tight ends, and more specifically, these guards. As Brian has said, if we can figure out these guards and these tight ends, you've probably got a good beat on who the Cowboys will take at 26. We'll do that next year on 105 Through the Fan. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You know, Brian and I have told you guys how much we enjoy the photos you guys have been sharing with us. You guys have been enjoying Boomer Jacks just as much as we have, I know, especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they have great deals for you the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. That is the coldest beer in the Metroplex or anywhere else. But it's just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for happy hour with the coworkers, Boomer Jacks is the spot. Looking for a, a nice family dinner, Boomer Jacks the spot as well. If you're just looking for somewhere to go watch the game with your buddies, you're gonna, you already know what I'm going to say. It's going to be Boomer Jacks. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to BoomerJacks.com. That's BoomerJacks.com. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast live edition. Yeah. With myself, Bobby Belt, and Brian Prada sitting here with me. Yeah, Carter Freeman involved too. With Carter the video. Freeman, yeah. yeah. Carter Freeman beast in it uh, on his off day with, with the, the video. Uh, some of you may have saw me dancing with yeah. my Kelly Kapowski shirt during the uh, yeah. the break there. Uh, so we appreciate Carter very much as well. And also, too, shout out to our friends, our guys and gals overseas. Yes, the UK Cowboys fans are are, are big listeners. Prince Faisal listening overseas. So uh, a lot of of loyal Cowboy fans, and we love every one of you. We really, really do. So we're going to talk about tight ends and guards here. We we just talked a little bit about Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, uh, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, let's talk about Luke Musgrave really quickly before we dive into these guards. Oh, no, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When you say Luke Musgrave, right? Mm-hmm. You're hearing something, aren't you? I just Every I, I, once in a while, I have to pin you down on that you hearing something. I, I just, I, I think that there, when you come out of Indy, I think there's a greater sense around the league. For most people. He's a really good player. I feel, I feel like the the trendy pick right now is to have Musgrave as the fourth tight end. I don't think you have him as the I, I fourth. Don't, I have him as the 31st best player on my board. I, I think that the trendy thing here is definite second round player, fourth tight end. I think there's a lot of people who have Darnell Washington ahead of him yeah. now, Mayor Kincaid. Musgrave's the best tight end I've watched. And I think that when you talk to people around the league, the sense is that the league is higher on Musgrave than than we are. You remember last year when there was some sense that Kyler Gordon could be like a third round player. And I kept telling you, yeah. I kept hearing like, no, I think people mm-hmm. like him a lot more than that. Yeah. And, and same sort of thing. I think there, there's a similar sense. I feel like with but Musgrave, who to me, the has, knee though, right? The knee. I mean, I, I, know, I, at the combine. I, I know I put him where this I is put Luke him. Musgrave tight end at Oregon state, by the way, yeah. who dealt with injury issues a lot yeah. at Oregon state. It only played two games last year. I think. Yeah. He got hurt very early in the 22. 22- uh, 2022 season 11 catches 169 yeah. yards in two games i'll tell you what though yeah you go back and watch him play but it's 6'6 253 what's not to lo- really like about this guy because to me when you watched him when i watched him play flexed slot it, it didn't really matter he makes plays on the move he's super at, uh reliable catching the ball uh you know and and he could adjust yeah we the, that's the one thing about these tight ends uh in this draft the kincaids the musgraves those guys when they're down the field and they're coming across the field, or they're able to adjust on the move and then catch it and then keep going, not like catch it and stumble around and get tackled, yep. but catch it and then get north south in a hurry. When we talk about 
uh, you know, how impressive the the testing was for Darnell Washington. I think we look at the testing for Musgrave, a guy who had the best 10-yard split of any tight end of the combine, being as big as he is. Yeah. I think when you look at the footwork for him, he has the best footwork at the line of scrimmage of any tight end in this class, by far. It looks like a receiver at times, the way his footwork is off the line of scrimmage. And I just yeah. think that when you talk about the modern tight end, and we hear Jerry Jones talk at the the combine about, man, what an advantage it would be to have a Travis Kelsey-like player, that to me sounds like, Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrave. Those are the guys that it sounds like. And so I think we absolutely need to be talking about those two at 26. I know in my notes I wrote down, this guy is looks like a big receiver. So yes. to your to your point, we are talking about footwork and getting off, you know, the line of scrimmage and things like that. I think that's if a, if you if if a guy has that if, to me has that fit where he's, you know, with he's coming off like a wide receiver, then yeah. that 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 makes your point. Now, on the interior here, some of the guys that we're talking about, we're going to lead off with by figuring out if maybe a center is actually a guard. Uh, Frank and Flower Mound, uh, my hometown, currently. Yeah. Flower Mound. That's There's where, Joe uh, and Flower Mound. This is Frank and Flower Mound from yeah. the 972. Uh, any chance the Cowboys take John Michael Schmidt, center slash guard from Minnesota at 26? I would be cool with it if he can play guard next season. I think that the Cowboys believe John Michael Schmitz could play guard. Yeah. I, th- I think center is his spot, but I think they believe he could slide in and play guard effectively. And uh, what, what's your thumbnail scouting report on Minnesota guard center, Mike, John Michael Schmitz? I, you know, one of the big things is when you watch centers play is how much movement can they get and, their, and what is their ability to reach wide techniques? And when I mean wide techniques, I'm talking about usually you'll get teams that play even fronts, you know, with you know with, uh, with four man lines and stuff like that, odd fronts, three man lines. But when you when when you got guys playing like a like a wide three and a three technique plays on the outside shoulder yep. of the guard, and there's I mean there are plenty of times where you watch John Michael Smiths at Minnesota reach a really wide technique, like it, to the point where. Head is all the way across, and then now the rear comes around, and as they're moving, he's got the guy hooked. You well, know, he's got L- the guy pinned. Linderbaum in. was able to do yeah, that a lot that's, last yeah, year. Exactly. And see, that's it's funny we say this about John Michael Smith because Linderbaum from Iowa, very similar. Mm-hmm. But they passed on Linderbaum. You they know what did. I'm so to me, if you're talking about John Michael Smith's, I kind of feel like that they're going to pass on him as well. I do you think? Do you think they thought? Now, now I think the difference might be that John Michael Schmitz is a guy that they would think could play guard. I don't think they ever thought Linderbaum oh, no, could no, play guard. No, but they 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 were pro- they were worried Schmitz about the is a pot- little bigger. Yeah, a little bit, but three hundred one. Yeah, a little bit. Linderbaum is like two ninety. Two ninety. Yeah, exactly. I've got uh, Schmitz is my fifty first best player on the board. Ooh. So not a, not not a, not as big a fan as our buddy Zach Wolchuk here. No, and, and, and to me though, that like you say, that's that's still in the second round. But does he get to you at what fifty eight? There, you know, I I just don't I just don't see. I think it's going to be close. I got Tipman from uh from Wisconsin ahead of him. Ooh. So I got Tipman uh, as uh, the forty fourth best player on my board. So as we look at the interior here, look at some of these guys. One of the questions is you got to figure out if a certain tackle belongs on the interior. And Brian, stop me if you've heard this one before. A uh, a, a dominant 
tackle at Northwestern who has some length questions and a lot of people are projecting as a guard. Does that sound familiar? Sounds familiar. Sounds a lot like Rashawn Slater from a yeah. couple years ago. Well, yeah. now we're asking the same questions about Peter Skaronsky. Same school. From Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at at Skaronsky, same sort of thing that, that man, uh, whoever's running, shout out to the weight program uh, there at, at Northwestern because Slater was a, 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 a powerful monster. I feel yeah. like Skaronsky is really powerful. Brian, is Skaronsky a guard or a tackle to you with his uh, 32-inch arm? He's a guard is what he is. He's 6'4". He's 3'3". Thirteen, and he plays left tackle, and he's listed as one of the, he was listed as one of the best. And these were my notes: listed as one of the best tackles in the country. But I'm not so sure about that because I feel like he's probably going to be could be one of the best guards in the country if you you played him there. So I, I think to me, when when you look at Skaronsky, though, he is he could get a little top heavy at times. But man, when he gets his hands inside, he's got the footwork. He does have the power. You know, I mean, he's 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 going to be one of those guys that it's no problem getting away from the line of scrimmage for him. It's you know when he makes contact, he could sit down. He plays with knee bend. He's got power. He's athletic. He can move. You know, if you want to play him in space, you want to get him to the second level. You want to get the scoops, the reach, the cutoff blocks. He he could do all that stuff. Yeah, I think that when you look at Skaronsky, you've got the perfect... The only limitation here is the the length. That's yeah. really it. Yeah. And, and even still, I don't think it shows up on tape that the length gives him problems a lot. Yeah. It's just more a, a measurement that doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL. I think he could play tackle at the NFL. I think a lot of people are going to kick him inside the guard. I think whoever picks him is probably planning on playing him at guard yeah. um, because of the length questions. But you want to talk about well technique, power, yeah. footwork. It's all there for him. He he's going to be to me. He's going this to be can, a really, really great run blocker and a really above average pass blocker. This could be Zach Martin. Yes, yeah. this could be Zach Martin. Right yeah, here. I think that's who Lance Zerline had yeah, compared this, him to. This is Zach Martin at when you watch him play at Notre Dame, and then they kick him inside, and then you see him really take to the position. Would you? be at all interested what what range would Skaronsky have to get into before you start saying I'm going to make some calls well I mean you know to me I I I would be shocked if he got to if he got to let's say he got to 14 15 are you making any calls sixth best player on my board so I would if he got to if he got to the middle of the draft and maybe got down to close to with Detroit at 18 I believe yep if he got to 18 somehow, I'm on the phone. I'm trying to go, you know, because if you get, say you get him, your left guard spot is, that's it. Lockdown. Yeah. And then even, you know, we were starting to hear some whispers about, could this be. That's some power there. If you have Tyler Smith and Peter Skaronsky as the left side of your line. But, but, forward. but think about though, think about, uh, Zach Martin, you know, Zach Martin, how long is he for this? You know, how long is, is it another year is another two years? I mean, remember how I, I think, I think they're aware that there's time running yeah, out there's there. There's time running out. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you look at some of the other guards here, the, the Skaronsky obviously is one that's likely not to fall into their range. John Michael Schmitz. We don't even know if, if they would view him as primarily guard or if they would have questions. About I got him size. as a center. So I got him as center. You've got two guards here that get a lot of discussion. Osiris Torrance from Florida Steve Avila, the uh, guard from TCU. If you have your preference there, Brian, are you going Avila you or Torrance? You tell me Torrance. who you want. Avila. 
Avila to me is a a slightly more athletic, and not that he's a great athlete. He is a slightly more athletic Ron Leary to me. And I think that they've been trying to replace that power at left guard since Ron Leary left however long ago, I've that was, gone, seven years ago. I've gone so back and forth on this one. I would take Torrance. I think I would take Torrance here. I won it. I have won it thirty. No questions about getting up to the second level, which you have to do in the NFL as but, a card these but days. Man, there's times where Avila is not. I think Avila gets up there better than Torrance does. I, but the thing about Torrance is he gets so much. His movement is so good. At He's the, powerful. Yeah, and the, and you know that. I mean, that's that's kind of one of those things where initially because i thought he was playing at 347 pounds is, is the gap between torrance and avila's power greater than the gap between avila and torrance's athleticism to the second level i think that torrance is going to have to play in a system you're I, I think you're correct about this i think torrance is going to have to play in a system where it's more about power than athletic ability but i'm kind of feeling like if this is a team that's interested in being that run blocking if they want to if they if, if in fact i'm telling you we're talking about the cowboys or if you're anybody listening out there if you're t- just listening to us because your team needs a guard if your team needs a power guard torrents i think is your guy i think i i think i'd agree if that if that's all you were looking for i just think that with so much needed to get to the second level in this day and age and how much they ask well you could get push lineman. you could get that combo push you get the tackle and the that that was it, I mean, think about, and to your point, think about how much, again, if you're a Cowboy fan out there, think about what, what was going on with Steele and Martin. Yeah. And how much how much push they got on, and, and Steele is They do not, some of the best combo run blocking in the no NFL. No question. It's like, so, but it's, when, when Smith got over there, it wasn't as clean. No. And so you're like going, wow, do I have to have a really powerful guy? But this is to your point. Or do I need a really good athlete over there? Which Avila is not an excellent athlete, but I think that the athlete power combo is better than the athlete power combo with Torrance. I think Torrance is a more powerful player. I I think Avila is a better athlete and the gap's bigger there. I think Torrance, I think Torrance going from 347 to 330, I think you're starting, I think you're seeing some commitment there. I think you're seeing, you know, let's hope we don't want Aaron Gibson here. Now it was four oh four. That wasn't three thirty. That was four oh four. So I just said we don't want to get to Aaron yeah. Gibson, Brian. Aaron Gibson was uh was he was back in the day Detroit Lion, Aaron Gibson. Yeah, ended up in Dallas for a little bit. Yeah. Biggest helmet ever, I think. Yeah, in football. Br- Bruce Bochy sized yeah. head there yeah. for uh Aaron Gibson. Yeah. Let's let's talk about some of this with Dane Brugler from The Athletic. He's gonna join us next here on the Love of the Star live on 105 through the fan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You know, Brian and I have told you guys how much we enjoy the photos you guys have been sharing with us. You guys have been enjoying Boomer Jacks just as much as we have, I know, especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they have great deals for you the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. That is the coldest beer in the Metroplex or anywhere else. But it's just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for happy hour with the coworkers, Boomer Jacks is the spot. Looking for a, a nice family dinner, Boomer Jacks the spot as well. If you're just looking for somewhere to go watch the game with your buddies, you're gonna, you already know what I'm going to say. It's going to be Boomer Jacks. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to BoomerJacks.com. That's BoomerJacks.com. We are back here on the Love of the Star Live Edition. Uh, we were recording this live on 105 Through the Fan on April 16th. Uh, if you're hearing this, this will be our two shows this week for Love of the Stars. We get you ready for the NFL Draft. Bobby Belt here alongside Brian Brada. Shout out to Ruben Portillo running the board. And Carter Freeman at home running the video. And now we are joined by, what would you say, Brian? The, the greatest draft analyst in media history? I would say, and I, I, I've been working with this guy for 11, 12 years now. And when we were starting, how old was he back then? Sixteen. He 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 looks like he's sixteen today, but he's <laughs> he was a young guy back then. He's still a young guy, but I've always said this about Dame Burglar. If I ever got back, and, and there's no shot of me ever getting back to you know getting back, but if I if I ran a team, this is one of the first guys I would hire. This guy has got a great eye for talent. He presents his reports very well. His argument. He's passionate about this, you know, but. Uh, he has made quite a, uh, a niche for himself in this drafting world. I'm super, super proud of him because he always had it, but, man, he's taken it to a whole nother level. So really uh, really glad to have Dane Brugler on almost today. Yes, we will welcome in now Dane Brugler from The Athletic. His draft guide is out, The Beast, the 2023 version. Dane, how you doing, man? I think I used up all my favors with that intro. Uh, <laughs> r- r- really appreciate it. Now, this, this is my pleasure to be able to join you guys. Uh, this will be a lot of fun. So we were just talking before we went to break. We are talking about Osiris Torrance versus Steve Avila, who, you know, we, we think there's a decent chance one of those guys could be in play for the Cowboys at 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torrance, at least for me, a more powerful player. Avila, I think, is a a better athlete, not an elite one, but I think he's a better athlete. And I think the disparity between Avila's athleticism and Torrance's athleticism is greater than the disparity between Torrance's advantage in the strength department over Avila. Uh, how do you see those, those two players and who do you think could be a better fit here in Dallas? Well, they're both similar size. They're power guys. You know, they're both over 330 pounds. And you know, these are guys that want to get their hands on you and dictate the action. Uh, they they want to be, uh, you know, put you where they want. Um, you know, it, it's uh, something that, it's been fun to watch both these guys over the last year because, you know, with one, with Torrance going from Louisiana where he didn't have to transfer. He was already considered a top 50 guy at this time last year, but he goes to Florida and plays in the SEC, challenges himself and played at a high level, which you love to see. Uh, Avila, he's, you know, at TCU, uh, he was a center last year and he moves to left guard and holds it down. He was a key part of TCU and that run they went on to the national championship game. I think when you look at these two, you can make a case for either one. I I think something that really stands out with uh, Avila is is the versatility. He he literally has, you can put on a tape of him starting at four different positions. Mm. That that matters. That's something that is, 
um, you know, it, it's functional versatility where with Torrance, uh, you know, it was good to see him uh, play both guard spots at the senior bowl, just as, you know, kind of check that box, left guard, right guard. But he was primarily a right guard in college. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, is part of his evaluation. So both these guys are are powerful. And you know, I think somewhere in the early second is where I feel great taking one of them. But offensive linemen, you know, they don't last. So if they snuck into the first, uh, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. And I, I think both these guys are plug and play and ready to go from day one. Dana, we're one of the second things that Bobby and I are trying to figure out is, and and by the way, great explanation about the two guards. The uh, where where are you say with Darnell Wright from Tennessee potentially? Would you would you say okay? Him being a tackle that potentially could play guard would be better than maybe the two guards you just talked about? Yeah, and you know, Wright is a guy that some teams have on the board as a guard. Um, and it's not that he can't play tackle. It's more so uh, you know, just trying to maximize what he can do. And I think he is a, uh, someone that can step in from day one and play right tackle and play it at a, at a pretty high level. But if you move him inside, you look at that thick body. This is another 330-plus pounder. Uh, that thickness that he has, the power that he plays with, um, you know, he, he wants to maul you. you know, that nasty demeanor that he plays with, you see it on almost every single rep that he has. Uh, so that he, he, has a, he has almost a guard body with that, that, that mass on his frame. Uh, and the way he likes to play, so I can understand why some team, uh, some teams would want to move him to guard. But you know, I, the way he played this year at tackle, man, he he was so good uh, uh-huh. week in week out. It doesn't mean you throw on the Alabama tape, you throw on uh, you know later in the season. Like he didn't wear down. He was still uh, you know the bright spot of that offense. And you know Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, and you know they, they get all the. Uh, attention, but man, Darnell Wright, he, he was a big part of that Tennessee offensive success they had this year. Dane, it, it seems like the fan base in Dallas wants nothing to do with B. John Robinson and really wants nothing to do with a tight end. Crazy. But, <laughs> but yeah, and you, and you, again, you've been in this market a long time, so you understand mm-hmm. the fan base. And, you know, I'm sure that when you make your mock drafts and, you know, you, you put all that out, you kind of get, you feel the Dallas Cowboy fan heat on that can you handicap how these tight ends look to you i know that people have the opportunity to to get the beast you know they get get on the athletic site there and they can get it with their subscription but how do you have these these tight ends handicapped potentially if one's there for the cowboys at 26 it'll be interesting which tight ends are available and this is such a, a tight end rich uh draft class this year that it's you could see one, two, uh, maybe even three come off the board before the Cowboys are able to pick. But at the same time, you could also understand why some teams uh, might opt to wait until the second, third, fourth round because of uh, just how deep the position is, which could be good news for the Cowboys and you know where they're picking and a tight end that could be there. For me, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is the top tight end this year. Um, he gives you the, the complete package, you know, six, four and a half, two fifty. not an overwhelming blocker, but he's a functional blocker. He'll get the job done. Um, doesn't mind that part of the game. Uh, and he's also just one of the best contested catch, uh, uh tight ends that I, I've personally evaluated. 
uh, the last five, six years uh, over the middle of the field, working the seam. Um, you know, he, it doesn't matter what's going on around him. He has the way he can box out. He's a basketball guy. You know, he grew up wanting to play Kentucky basketball. Uh, but, you, you know, he, he understands how to use his body, how to you know, attack the ball before the defender even has a chance to get the hand, his hands on it. Uh, Michael Mayer is that type of guy. And so more than just a safety valve, more than just a, you know, last resort type of uh, option, he can be someone that helps move the chains consistently and someone that the defense has to worry about. So if Michael Mayer is on the board uh, when the Cowboys are on the clock, I think there's a good chance he has a star in his helmet. Uh, but Dalton Kincaid from Utah, I think he's right there. Uh, but it just offers something a little bit different. He's not the blocker that Mayer is, but he also, you could make the argument, uh, Dalton Kincaid's the best pass catcher in this draft, more so than any receiver, more so than any tight end. His ability to isolate the football, go up and get the ball, um, and then what he can do after the catch. It, it's really impressive to watch his body control uh, for a guy that's almost 6'4", 250 pounds, uh, coming off the back injury, so, it, you know, it's, it's something, you know, all the doctors and everything ought to be fine, or, you know, give, give the sign of approval. Uh, everything I've heard is that, you know, he'll be fine for training camp in the season, maybe just a little bit banged up right now. But uh, Dalton Kincaid, I think he, if he's still available, he'll also be on that short list the Cowboys will be looking at. Um, and, and then, you know, Luke Musgrave, I'm, I'm a fan of. And, and then the same thing with uh, Darnell Washington. But I think those first two guys, Mayer and Kincaid, those are the two tight ends that Cowboys fans need to keep an eye on. Joined here with uh, by uh, with Dane Brugler from the Athletic, uh, one of the best draft guys you'll ever find doing this. Dane, and you've like I just said, you've done this for a long time. Have you ever had to deal with as many wide receivers that don't probably fit your eye with the mm-hmm. height and the weight and all? I mean, we, you know, we were talking five nine, the one eighty twos. Uh, how do you have that on your board when you when you're looking at the guys like Flowers and Downs and Mims and people like that? Yeah, it's funny because of my top seven receivers in this draft, four of them are under 180 pounds. Mm. Um, and, and never happened before even, to you, right? I no, mean, no, yeah, yeah. and. And that doesn't include Flowers, who's 182, so he's yeah. above that. So right. five are under 185. You know, it's just uh, – and I think it's a product of – part of it is the NFL evolving and offenses being a little more open-minded about the type of receiver uh, that they're willing to, to use in the, today's game. And part of it is, you know what, this is what the college game is giving us. You know, the NFL can't create – uh, true X receivers that are six three and a half, two twenty, and you know it, they, you can't create those guys. This is what the college game is giving us, and so they're going to make do with, with what they have. And I think there's a uh, you know a good chance we only see two, uh, maybe three receivers go in the first round. It's not like the past uh, few years where we've been just spoiled by the wide receiver talent. You know, I the, for me the top receiver this year is Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Mm. And he, it would have been my seventh receiver last year, uh, mm. probably right after Jahan Dotson. So, you know, it's just a, a different type of wide receiver class. But you know what? Every team is looking for those dynamic weapons. And so I still think we're going to see these guys go early, even though I think most of these players in, in other drafts would be looked at as, as second-round players. And, and the guys that, you know, aren't small – you still have questions about Quentin Johnson from TCU, 6'3", 210. 
uh, didn't test particularly well, which we expected him to. Um, way too many drops on his uh, on his tape. The routes are a work in progress. So you know, even the you know Jalen Hyatt is. Uh, a burner, but you know, he's not a well-rounded receiver. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of talent with these receivers, but a lot of question marks as well. So I think we just need to have, need to temper our expectations a little bit with this wide receiver class. And it'll be interesting to see how, how they come off the board, how early um, we'll, we'll see plenty of these guys come off the board on day two. Will it be the run of wide receivers or the run of corners in the second round? I mean, both, really. I mean, if we think about it, with receivers, uh, you know, we'll see how many actually end up going in the first. Um, but then in the second, you know, we'll have a good chance Jalen Hyatt's still there, maybe Zay Flowers, maybe Quentin Johnston. Josh Downs will be somewhere in that second round. He's a prototypical slot receiver. Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, he's the closest thing to a – true x that we yep. have in this draft yep that's uh, the mccarthy guy <laughs> right and so but you know what's the what's the right value for him uh, marvin mims from oklahoma somewhere in that day two range as well i'm, I'm a big fan of Jaden reed i think Rasheed rice from um, smu somewhere uh day two jonathan mingo from Ole miss another guy that could be considered that uh, you know, one of the true X's that this class has to offer. So, you know, we'll see a run on these guys in the, on day two. And then with the corners, uh, you know, Gonzalez go early, Devin Witherspoon will go early, Joey Porter somewhere in that mid to late first round. Um, I think Deontay Banks will be somewhere in that mid to late first round. And then in the second, that's where Emmanuel Forbes, all 166 pounds of him, uh, Keely Ringo from Georgia, uh, DJ Turner from Michigan, who ran the fastest 40 this year at, at, at the Combine. I, I really like his ability in the slot as, as a nickel player. Clark Phillips from Utah, another really uh, talented nickel player. Both the South Carolina corners, Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, Juju Brents from Kansas State. So, yeah, it's uh, wide receivers and corners. Every year we see more of those guys drafted um, at those two positions than any other position, and that will hold true this year, especially on day two. Dane Brugler from The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at DP Brugler and you can uh, get his new draft guide just by going and uh, subscribing to The Athletic. In fact, I think there's some deal right now of like uh, $2 a month or something. You got any deals going on right now for subscriptions, Dane? That's it, $2 a month. And so, you know, if you just want to sign up for a month, that's fine. Check us out for a month. You get all our draft coverage that we've got going on here the next few weeks. And so I, I think for the draft guide itself, uh, two bucks for that, I, I, I don't know that you can find a better value. No, exactly. there's no question. No question about that. Hey, thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate you. Happy drafting season to you. But I hope all your picks uh, work out for you there, man. <laughs> you too. I look forward to catching up with you guys later on. Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Hour two, the final hour of the Love of the Star Live coming up next here on 105.3 The Fan.